Hello and welcome along to this week's edition of The Rodcast with me Paul Johnson. I hope you're good, I hope you're well. What is going on with the weather? It's never changing, last week was the same. You look out your window, you think, oh the sun's out. I'm going to go for a nice stroll or a nice bit of fishing. You get outside and the wind fairly cuts you in half. I don't know what's going on. But apparently it's going to get better and we're going to have some rain and then the sun's going to come out and summer will be arriving very shortly. So we hear. Which brings me on to this week's species feature. And this week we're going to be talking about getting mackerel ready. Oh yes, love them or hate them, the mackerel season is upon us. Call us feather chuckers, call us a nightmare on the beach. You're never going to get a place There's the mackerel chuckers are out. Well, there is a little bit of an art to catching mackerel. How can you do a feature on mackerel fishing as a species? They're so easy, they just give themselves up. Come on, there's no fun in catching mackerel, I hear you cry. There's a little bit more to it than that. And I'm going to take you through the minefield that is summer mackerel fishing on this week's specimen feature. Also coming up on this week's broadcast, we're going to be pumping it up. Absolutely, we are going to be going out pumping for love. That's using a thing that came out in the 80s and now developing more and more and becoming popular or becoming hateful. Whatever it is, love them or hate them, we're going to be talking about bait pumps. That is pumps that get your ragworm and your lugworm without having to bend over and break your back with a shovel. That's all coming up on this week's broadcast. I'm going to be out on the beach testing two bait pumps. So, welcome along one and all to the broadcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Well, it's that tackle on test time of day. And did I mention something about pumping things? I think I did. Yes, today we're going to be looking at bait pumps in our tackle on test. I've been out with an Orvi from Shakespeare and I've also been out with a DS pump. Just to check them out, I'm not experienced with bait pumping, it has to be said. In fact, my whole experience with digging bait or gathering bait was many years ago when I went out to the Isle of Grain with my mate with I think it was with his shovel and a fork and a bucket and uh, I spent most of my time being up to my knees in mud and uh, after about 15 minutes a crippling backache and my fingers went so numb it was in the winter uh, I was glad to get home um, and the spoils of our adventure well not that many actually not many ragworms at all uh, lugworms are a little bit easier to go pumping for 
And um, in the ever-changing world of our fishing industry, it's nice to gather your own bait. Um, and if you've got the beaches to do it, it can be good fun as well. Um, it does take a lot of the back strain out using bait pumps. Um, yeah, hey, for all intents and purposes, they're a pump, okay? Imagine, um, if you can't imagine a bait pump, then think of a bicycle pump, but about five times as big. Tend to range 750 to 1.1 meters in length, and there's several different diameters of them. Um, the pros tend to use, when I say pros, I mean the more ex experienced bait pumpers tend to use the 22 millimeter ones, but the beginners tend to go for the 32 millimeter diameter pump and what you gotta remember i suppose with bait pumping is uh obviously do it when the tide's out that helps um <laughs> and you've got to learn to sort of persevere with it there is a definite knack in doing this as i said i've never done it before i am a total beginner at this so maybe i can help a few people out by telling you what happened to me um well i set out one afternoon on low tide up to a beach near me where the tide goes right out that's the first important thing very flat beach, tide goes right out. First thing to remember about bait pumping or digging, of course, is that you need a beach and you need to do it when the tide's out, preferably. <laughs> and you need a beach where the tide goes right out a long way um, because that gives you plenty of scope and plenty of area to actually dig for your bait or pump for your bait in this case. There's a lot of bait pumps on the market. A lot of people home make their own bait pumps because uh, it is quite a simple mechanism can be made if you uh, gather up the right uh, materials we'll have a quick chat about that later on but uh, i've got better things to do than make a bait pump in my life i think i know that i can probably go and buy one um which would do me the job but i got sent two uh thank you very much for that um one is the Ulvi from shakespeare and the other one is the ds from a local company in margate now they do range from about £30, you can get bait pumps for £25-30, but to be honest, they're not much good. You need a good quality bait pump, because there's a lot of friction going on here, a lot of moving parts, and if you get cheap bait pumps, they don't last long, and end up jamming up quite often. Um, with the Ulvi, it looks okay, the weight feels okay to me. It's a 32mm one, this one. It goes for about £49, I suppose, around that area. What I have learned is you have to lubricate your pump every 20 pumps or so. What I found when I went out when I was doing this, it's very, it gets seizes up, it gets very stiff and starts not to work. I think the other thing to remember with bait pumping is that you're not going to get a worm every time. Okay, It's not going to happen. Even the really experienced people will try and pump a worm and get nothing for quite a while and then they start getting them. This all depends on how deep the worms are. And what angle you go in so the science of it is as follows you walk on the beach and you find a cast which is where the worm has bored its hole and that tends to be like a, a little bit of spaghetti if you like but thicker and next to that would be a blowhole which is where the lug has gone in now what you've got to do with bait pumps is you go in at an angle of say around about 30 degrees alongside the actual hole don't go in the hole that just doesn't work go back from the cast a little bit by about six to eight inches and go in around about 30 degrees as you push your pump down pull up the pump part of the pump so it's a kind of dual action and then what you do then is you split the pump push the pump back down and with a bit of luck you'll have a lugworm in it now 
with lugworm, it depends when you're going fishing, really. Black lug, Dungeness lug, for instance, are just lugworms that are, are dead and they've gone a bit dark and leathery. Um, and there's two ways of doing this when you're collecting lug. You can either put them in a bucket with a bit of salt water and that keeps them fresh as normal blow living lug. Or when you get your lugworm, you can squeeze the top of the lug and so the water comes out of the lug and the insides of the lugworm comes out. Put that in your bucket and when you get home, separate them, wrap them in a bit of newspaper and they go tough and they stay on your hook a lot better. With the blow lug, when you don't, if you don't gut these, what happens is when you put them on your hook, obviously it bursts anyway. Now there is an argument with this that you know black lug are black lug and they don't smell as good it's nothing like putting on a fresh lug worm but that's a sort of 50 50 camp really i've fished for years with both baits and i tend to just mix and match some i'll have fresh lug i'll have some black lugs with me as well black lugs last longer you can freeze them and they tend to stay on your hook a lot longer although they are quite leathery whereas your lug worm the big lug worm that you put on your hook can fall off if you're not careful anyway back to the bait pumps themselves what you do is just go into the hole about 30 degrees as you push in you pull up with the pump side and it is as simple as that in theory the movement on the orv felt quite good really seemed very good actually it seemed quite smooth when i pulled the rod out extended it the shaft looked very straight there wasn't as if there was any buckling on it or anything it was quite a smooth operation it'd be very good i have to say so i bared with the ulv for around about an hour or so but i did find after an hour that it was just not working i lost suction and it didn't feel so good and it got kind of stiff now the idea of having a bait pump is that you don't have to work your back quite so hard um, so when you're getting stiff and it's not working properly it gets a bit frustrating and a bit annoying but this is all down to spraying this with a little bit of oil or lubrication now there's three or four different camps in this as well i tend to carry one of those small stir fry oil bottles the little pump action ones that you get at the supermarket um with the coconut olive oil or just plain olive oil obviously i just use the cheapest plain olive oil that i can and that allows you to give it a little couple of pumps and you get a good bit of oil spraying from that and it fits in your pocket very nicely too now most of these pumps have uh, lubrication going into the actual handle of the rod that you push up and down or you push and pull on and that's a good little idea because then you can just spray that in there. Others tend to pull the truss rod or the actual pump rod right out and spray it up and down with a bit of oil. Others put it in the end. Uh, there's no real right way of doing it as long as you get some lubrication in that pump because don't forget you're pushing through a lot of sand and it's not going to take too long before it starts seizing up. But I find by far the oil or WD-40 route, I found I had a little tin of WD-40 with me as well, um, which worked quite well. Um, and I found that every 20 minutes I was having to stop and spray some lube on the Avely. It's made by Shakespeare. Um, it's, as I say, a, a sort of entry level, really, slightly uh, above entry level and providing you can put up with it getting stuck every now and again and don't get too annoyed with it it will do the job i did manage to pump a few worms with it although i had i've got to say more misses than i had actual hits with this the next one i tried was the uh a bait pump which looked altogether a lot more substantial to be to be honest this was a ds 22 millimeter diameter ds pumps they are a, a 
local company to me here in Kent. They're based in Margate, and they actually hand make all these pumps. Every pump is made by hand. Therefore, the, the quality of the interiors and the components of this pump tends to be a bit better. And what I did notice straight away is the actual washer size, because at the end of the pump, there tends to be a butterfly nut or a round nut with a washer, and that's what gives you the suctions. And that has to be the correct size and the correct width in thickness in order to maintain your suction. And don't forget we're going into gritty sand here, so these washers do wear out quite quickly. And a lot of people tend to make their own out of old Wellington boots. And I've even heard of people making these washers out of flip-flops that they don't need anymore because it's five or six millimetres thick. Not hard to do because if you just circulate your uh, end of the pump of the diameter onto a flip-flop, it will start cutting through anyway. And if you push that through, um, you will have a washer which is precisely the same size as the end of the pump, be that a 32mm or a 22mm. Uh, but with the DS pump, I've got to say it's a lot more money, but what I found straight away is it looked a lot better made, the components in there seemed to be stronger, and it did come with some spare washers, which is a godsend. And I would say to you, if you do get into this lark, <laughs> if you get into the bait pumping lark, Bear with it, persevere with it, um, because it's it's not an easy thing to do. But with the uh, DS pump, the, the components in there seem to be a lot stronger, and the washers at the end of the pump seem to be very good. And I like the fact that this one had a, a lubrication hole in the handle, so it's easy to spray in a little bit of lubricant. Let's talk about these pumps now. The great thing about the DS as well, I found straight away, is it's longer. Now, when you think the idea of bait pumping is to save your back, you don't want to be bending down. Uh, you want to be upright as you can, um, saving your back. Although I would suspect, and already, after nearly an hour out on the sand, my back was beginning to ache quite badly. Whether that would obviously would have been a lot worse with a with a bucket and a and a shovel, but I because mainly because I didn't get that many worms, and I was probably pumping probably three times as many as anybody else and not being very successful but it is down to finding that knack obviously you're going to push into the sand and if you go down to six inches and pull, and pull the pump up you might miss the worm if you go to eight inches you might find that that is on target and you will get the worm and also the bigger the casts left when you walk around the beach looking down looking for the worm casts the bigger the casts are in diameter indicates the size of the worm so if you find yourself pumping up little worms just leave them put them back don't uh, keep too many little lug kind of defeats the object and we want them to breed and to carry on maintaining our bait stocks if you like so only keep the big ones okay the ds pump is 1.1 meters tall uh, which i really liked it's 22 millimeters of stainless steel and uh, i i had the 3161 stainless steel model uh, it's got a 1.5 millimeter wall uh, and a pump handle was nice grip it came covered in a, a kind of heat shrink whereas the lv uh, came with like a rubber handle i quite like the heat shrink better because we're probably a little bit more used to that of the kind of material that we have on our fishing rods the internal metal washers on this one are marine stainless steel a4 uh, a4 marine grade 
according to the literature. And the plastic tube that you see internally in there is to prevent the washers from entering the compression tea. Um, without that, it would cause too many jamming issues. Really, it's this reading from the blurb uh, I found that this uh, bait pump has been kind of thought about a lot better. And I certainly found that I got more worms with the DS. Now, whether that was because, I can't honestly say whether that was because I was getting the knack of it, or it might have just been that the pump was actually better. Very difficult to say. But on the grand scale of things, the DS bait pump retails for around about 80 quid. So that's quite a lot of difference between 45 and 80 pounds. So in a way, I would kind of expect the DS pump to be better. And the fact that it's handmade on a local company, you would expect to pay a little bit more money, which I don't mind doing if I'm investing in something that's going to last many, many years and serve me many, many years of bait pumping if I was that way inclined. I do have a bit of a dodgy back, so I'm not the best person to recommend continuing to go bait pumping i got towards about three hours and i did have a fair few worms i didn't actually count but i had, i would say on average about three score 60 worms i probably had there fairly decent sized worms which i was quite pleased with so i quite enjoyed it in a nice day but it's not so nice when it's windy and it's cold in the winter i am reliably informed that it's much much harder to actually go bait pumping and pick up any worms via bait pumping. But the DS pump won the day for me. It was just felt better. It was easier to use with the smaller diameter than the Shakespeare one. Not that the Shakespeare one is a bad thing. I mean, people uh, do buy them and they do use them and, and it's all about how much money you want to spend at the end of the day. Um, but I did find that the DS pump was quite a way ahead in its usage and its accessibility than the Shakespeare one was. Now, the best way to look them up is to look them up yourself. There's quite a few of these bait pumps around. Some of them are unbranded. Some people make them uh, on Facebook. There's a lot of people that actually make them. Um, DS bait pumps are actually handmade. And uh, if you wanted to check them out, if you just go to www.facebook.com forward slash DS bait dash pumps, uh, I dare say you'll find them on Facebook. And I have heard, I haven't tried yet, but I've heard they're very good with their customer service as well. Um, they do tend to get back to you if you've got any problems or queries with them. And there is a range of colours on the heat shrink as well, ranging from blue, green, red and black. So all in all, uh, the DS bait pump won the day for me. I think if I was going to be investing in a bait pump, which I'm personally, I've got to be honest, I wouldn't because <laughs> I just haven't got the time in my life to go... Uh, pump in for a lugworm although as I say I did enjoy it it does get you out in the fresh air I might go again and when I do I'll take the dogs and let them have a run around as well uh, and kill two birds with one stone and hopefully get some more worms but the DS bait pump was a good one 1 1.1 long as I say check it out and um, it, good luck with it if you do go bait pumping I would say that the 82 pound is probably worth spending uh, as you don't want a bait pump that is going to drive you mad i mean even with the ds bait pump i found that i had to relube every 20 pumps or so but it tended to take on very quickly so the lubing wasn't really an issue once you get into the swing of it as you speed up along the beach looking for decent worm casts 
putting it in, pulling it out, um, giving it a little spray, uh, you can spend a good few hours getting your lugworms in. So that's your Tackalon test. Um, if you wanted to go bait pumping, look at them, have a look. There is a lot of them about on the market. Um, I've just named a couple of them. Um, there's many, many more. Uh, and uh, that is your Tackalon test for this week. Good luck with it. I hope you get some lugworm. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create Podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Uh, in the <laughs> I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both <laughs> For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing, I was doing some weird <laughs> dance moves. You head off and then, yeah. Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier. Mm. And for me, like, that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music in My Life, and How Are You? Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. Well, let's get into it then. Holy mackerel. I'll try not to do the puns. Yes, it's that mackerel thing we're talking about. As we enter into the summer months, forever the optimist like I am, I start looking at what fish we can catch. And there's a lot of flatties around, there's some place around, there's some sole around, some bass, but also lots of mackerel. Yes, in our species section right now, we're going to be looking at how to catch mackerel. Well, how to catch mackerel is... A funny statement in itself, really, isn't it? Because people do say they give themselves up. You go out fishing with a load of feathers, you chuck your feathers out, you reel them in, and then you get loads and loads of mackerel on loads and loads of hooks. Well, in theory, that is correct, but mackerel stocks haven't been what they have been. They're not done so well over the last few years. And whereas many, many moons ago, without showing my age too much, we used to go down to Dover Admiralty Pier with mum and dad take our t-shirts off, stand on the pier all day, and the seagulls would arrive, the waves would be breaking, and six mackerel at a time would be coming up the pier wall for everybody. 
everybody was catching bags and bags of mackerel. Well, there's a number of reasons why it's not quite like that. I mean, they're not overfished. There's plenty and plenty and plenty of mackerel left in the sea. They're a very sustainable fish to eat. But as we go through global warming, they change. Times change. The whole fishing circle of life, if you like, has changed over the last few years. Mackerel tend to show a little bit earlier now than they used to show. They go away a bit quicker too. Whereas we used to fish for mackerel in August, that would be a bumper time. Really, these days in August, most of the mackerel have gone away. I have been to Dorset and I have been down to Cornwall and I've been amazed to see people still fishing for mackerel down the southwest side of the country and the south coast right into November, which is really strange. But this is all down to how clear the water is. So let's get into mackerel, shall we? How do we get them? Well, mackerel are very easy to catch, that's true, but there is quite a knack to catch them. Let's have a look at the gear first. You can mackerel fish with normal beach casting equipment. If you're on a pier, a normal pier rod would do. I would recommend a fixed ball rod though. Multipliers are a different beast when you're reeling in, and it's a lot more hard work to catch mackerel on multipliers. That's because really what we're doing effectively, we are spinning for mackerel. That's why your fixed ball reel comes in very, very handy. Because of the faster retrieve speed, it's easier to mimic the fish that we're trying to fool the mackerel into eating. And those fish tend to be small fry, white bait, and mackerel thrive on them. So when there's a big, big shoal of mackerel in, been known in Dorset and Devon beaches, push the small fish up onto the beach. When the mackerel come in in big, big shoals, it's happened quite a lot in the past years where you're suddenly sitting on a beach and seeing all these small fry coming over into the surf and rolling over up onto the, the beach. Very strange. But that's because they're being chased by mackerel. who are visual hunters. And this is why they go for things that are shiny and silver or things that look like little fish. And this is where your feathers come into play. We fish with mackerel feathers as mackerel lures. And there's lots and lots of different mackerel traces on the market and in your tackle shop. Some of them are a bit synthetic, some of them are just brightly coloured plastic, ribbons, silver foil, tassels. But the classic mackerel rig, which I think is the best still, even after all these years, is six mackerel feathers on a rig. And they're very, very widely available in all the tackle shops because it is a very, very popular way to fish in the summer. Mackerel are good for a number of reasons. One is that they are great to eat, which I personally love, and a lot of other people do. And also they're very sustainable. There's thousands and millions of mackerel around, so you're not going to put a dent in any fish stocks or the environment by catching lots of mackerel. Obviously, there's a limit. We don't want you taking 15 million mackerel home. But they are sustainable, and there's a lot of mackerel around. But they also serve as a good fishing bait for the winter months cod love mackerel strip and bass in late summer tend to go for shiny bits of mackerel belly or mackerel tail so they are a good bait to keep in your freezer as a mackerel fishing bait so when you've been mackerel fishing you catch a few mackerel put them in your freezer and they serve as a good bait as well to go along with your lugworms and ragworms and other baits that you use but fishing for them has a sort of technique that you need to get used to but also you need to look at the environment around you when you're mackerel fishing. Believe you me, if you're not an experienced fisherman or an angler, you can go to a beach in the summer with a mackerel trace on your rod and reel 
um, and you can catch absolutely no mackerel all day long if the conditions aren't right. And as you have to cast out, pull, drop, pull, and spin, and reel in over and over again, it can soon become quite tiring and uh, makes your arms ache if you're not catching any mackerel. However, that tends to go away when you start catching four or five, six mackerel at a time. You forget all about how your arms are actually nearly falling off. Um, but if you look around, what I found is when I go fishing in the summer on the beaches, I tend to take two rods. One I'll set up with a mackerel trace, which is basically just a six hook rig, and it has different colored feathers on it. And I just leave that up on my rod stand dangling, uh, and I fish normally with my other rod with a with a rig on, with a flapper rig, looking for bass or looking for sole or place, looking for other summer species. And then when I start to see that the seagulls are starting to dive down more, and it means to me that there's some fish being chased around, and that could mean a shoal of mackerel are approaching. You'll also notice if you're fishing off of the beach that all of a sudden there's several boats uh, that appear uh, not far off the shore uh, with fishing uh, for mackerel when they've located the shoals. But um, you don't need much to go mackerel fishing. Uh, a beach caster rod is sufficient. Forget your grips, forget your breakaways. A plain lead will do, either a watch face lead, three to four to six ounce weights. Don't really need to go any heavier than four or five, to be fair, uh, because you're casting in and you're reeling in and you're casting and you're pulling and dropping. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute on how we move those feathers around. But tackle-wise, it's basically the same as your normal fishing setup. If you're using a fixed spool, it's better. You need a shock leader, obviously, because you're going to be doing a lot of casting, so make sure you've got a shock leader on to make it safe. Also, because in the summer months, the beaches do get crowded, and you don't want to be hitting anybody with a four or five ounce weight when you cast, if you accidentally snap off. When you do go out looking for them, do take three or four mackerel traces with you, spare, because they do get worn out, especially, as I said earlier, these new synthetic silver foil type ones, um, having had three or four mackerel on them before, over and over again, they tend to get worn out very quickly or they break away or they start to deteriorate. So that's why it's always best to go with feathers because I find mackerel feathers are a much better rig to use. Um, so take some spares with you when you do go mackerel fishing. Technique-wise, well, um, easily done, really. You cast out as far as you can. Uh, and you pull, and I tend to let that weight drop down to the bottom, and then you pull again, reel in the slack, and let your weight drop down. So you're basically like lifting and dropping your weight and your feathers down, like in a spinning motion. And you can pull high, you can pull low, you can pull medium height, and that's the art of it. You never really know where the mackerel will be. You'll know they're around, but are they deep or are they shallow? By pulling fast and dropping, you're taking your rig up to the top and you're making those feathers really fizz when you pull it through the water. They get a fizzing sound, which some of the modern rigs don't do. The synthetic rigs lack that whiz and fizz of feathers going through the water, which attracts the mackerel as well because they're very sensitive to hearing. Um, they will chase it, and once you get a bit of an experience, you might want to reel and pull slower. So you want to go down deeper, then obviously you just pull slower, and you reel slower, you reel in slower, and that spins the feathers slower, which means it's lower down in the water. And that's how you get a gauge of where the mackerel are. But the great fun about it 
tackle fishing is that might change you know you might be you know pulling and catching up high and then you find that it stops and people are still catching them but you're not and then you'll realize that you're going too fast therefore you need to slow your action down a little bit drop your weight and lures down a bit deeper and the shoal of mackerel you find that have gone a bit deeper you start catching them again so there is quite an art to it both by looking around at your surroundings the water needs to be clear i can't emphasize that enough if the water's not clear you can spend all day mackerel fishing and you won't get a single one the water has to be clear and that only really happens when it's not too rough um, so it's not stirring up the bottom and it's in the summer early summer months where the water begins to clear from the plankton and the weed and that's when mackerel fishing becomes extremely viable um as i say they are delicious eating i think they are anyway um but don't take too many i mean i've seen people uh, down uh, dover Admiralty pier etc just bagging up hundreds and hundreds of lots and lots of big bin bags full of mackerel and i've even seen people carrying them on a trolley down to the end of pier and somebody's taking them away in a van probably selling them to restaurants or whatever okay you know it's not illegal and if you people make a few quid out of it then you know uh, that will happen inevitably but um what i will say to you is i always take about a quarter of a bin bag full really and that serves me for my food and also for winter baits or late summer baits where i like using mackerel strips to catch bass codling and whiting you've got a freezer they do freeze quite well as well once they're clean and gutted you can freeze mackerel for up to two months and they're still very nice to eat they're a beautiful looking fish they have the green marbling on their back really nice flashes of silver and and blue and a little bit of pink under the underbelly as well and they're really fast fish quite a quite a fierce predator they will chase after your baits after your little feathers sometimes you're really surprised you'll get nearly in to the surf just about to bring it up on the beach and you'll hook another one and as i say that's because they are chasing those little fish around the scientific name for them is scomba scombros also known as the atlantic mackerel they don't get big you know up to 18 inches six pound maximum i think the shore caught record that uh, was many years ago was just short of six pound which is pretty damn big for a mackerel what i will say is put the small ones back because they are a shoal fish and you will catch some nice size mackerel but you'll also find some baby ones younger smaller ones in there as well who are equally ferocious feeders but uh, put them back you know be a bit environmentally careful and a bit kind to our beaches and life will serve you well so that's it mackerel fishing you need a fixed ball beach caster and some mackerel feathers as you go through and you'll find where those mackerel are by looking around on the environment and seeing if you can catch them well good luck if you can we love you the mackerel chuckers who arrive on our beaches every year we curse sometimes a little bit because the beaches get very busy but i think it's a great way to get people into fishing you know if people haven't been sea fishing before and they come out mackerel fishing and they actually do catch some fish quite a lot of fish then that's all great news it gets people excited about fishing in general so i do hope you go out and catch some of those lovely mackerel they should be arriving around the shores of the uk very very soon as the days get warmer and that's your species for this week on the Rodcast.
Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of the Rodcast. Another episode flies by. I do hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for your company. Thanks for listening. I do hope we've eased you through the myths of the up-and-coming mackerel season. And I do hope we've helped you look into the mysterious pastime of bait pumping. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll talk to you again next week on the Rodcast. And don't forget to tell your mates to make a date with the Rodcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.